MailChimp presents. It's the last episode. How are you feeling? Bianca, I'm heartbroken. How am I supposed to go back to my old life after this adventure? <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get another season. Ah, uh, season two. I didn't think of that. But until then, uh, we got to wrap this season up. This is episode six, and we wanted to end on a high note. So I wanted to do an episode about rebirth. I asked you if you found anyone. Bianca, I moseyed my way down to the heart of Texas to talk to the king of rebirths, the monarch of metamorphosis, Mr. Mark Mitchell. For all of you out there who've had a failed business, there's hope yet. This is episode six, Rebirth. Mark Mitchell's life and business started early. He got his first job at the age of nine, selling newspapers on the streets and in the bars of San Francisco. Yeah, you'd stick your head in the bar and you go, anybody need a Herald Examiner? I'm selling papers. And from there, you might need a map and a piece of paper to keep track of what followed. Mark seems to have lived everywhere and done just about everything. Um, I worked as a, a car salesman at 17 in Los Angeles. At 18, I went into the oil refineries and uh, worked on the maintenance gang and then worked up in Northern California in a refinery. Worked for a um, chemical plant making rocket fuel. Not long after that, got into semiconductor and worked for advanced micro devices. Mitchell Aviation, I started while I was working for a mechanic. Um, Probably the next one was Mitchell Investigations. Okay, that I'm curious about. So you were a PI. It's not Magnum PI where people are shooting at you, but it's... Did you have a gun, though? I did. I, I carried a 380 automatic, semi-automatic. Did that for a couple of years till I moved to Texas. And uh, in Texas, started a Christmas tree farm. Okay, we don't have all day here, so I need to jump to the business I want to focus on. In the 1990s, Mark's dizzying path landed him in the cell phone tower construction business, and he was a big player in the game. I started out just managing crews, and then I had my own crews, and we built it up to a company of about 50 employees. Business was booming, or as Mark would call it. Yeah, blowing and going business. And the kid that was once happy to make five cents a paper was making some serious money. Well, there was so much on the line. Each job was worth somewhere around $100,000. Well, your profit in those jobs was maybe 30000 40000 You know, if you did it right, you could maybe, maybe squeeze 50. And every time he checked his bank account, there was more than before. And we owned three properties, one in Angel Fire, New Mexico. And then something happened that no one could have foreseen. 9-11. Everything just stopped. Just like that. Mark sees his business drop by 90%. It hit the pocketbooks of people that didn't know what was coming next. Now, instead of piling up profits, Mark is watching money fly out the door. And so you had to figure out what you were gonna do. And I, I, I think my fault was not shutting down quick enough or not, not downsizing much quicker than I did. Um, I thought it was gonna turn around. These people had a big plan to build all these towers and they're gonna get back on that plan eventually. Well, because of the war, um, we didn't. We let it go too long until we went into the savings and I tried to hang on to everybody. 
and in the end lost the whole thing. You walk into a courtroom, judge says, how much money do you have in the bank? And you say, zero. How much money do you have in your pockets? And you say, zero. And he goes, you're bankrupt. And then you go out and start over. And that's probably the hardest part, is you're walking out of a place flat broke and no job, in my case. So that was a little bit depressing. Oh, and I was going through a divorce at the time. And no car. Um, you know, as part of the bankruptcy, I, I let that go back to the bank. But in Texas, under the homestead exemption, bankruptcy claimants are able to keep their house, which for a scrappy guy like Mark means one thing. Another chance. With his house's collateral, Mark may be down, but he isn't out. So then what'd you do? Went out and bought a car. What'd you get? A Volkswagen convertible Beetle. So there Mark is, cruising down the road, wind whipping through his thinning hair, and one thing on his mind. How is he going to reinvent himself this time? What's a guy with experience selling papers, pumping oil, digging ditches, spying on people, slicing deli meat, growing Christmas trees, making microchips, detailing airplanes, refining rocket fuel, and building cell phone towers do next? Well, I shut it down in 2003 and immediately started looking at what Austin might need in the way of a new business. And what's he come up with? All the cities, I used to travel a lot, and all the cities I'd been to had bike rental places in the parks. And, you know, if they had a lake like we have. They yep. Have, you know, After years of building cell phone towers, park, right Mark there. Mitchell decides he's going to start renting bicycles. And what's even crazier about this is that he doesn't even really like biking. Yeah, I um, it wasn't for love of bikes. It was for an industry that I didn't see being uh, being looked at. In other words, he saw what he considered to be a weak spot in the marketplace, and then he literally bet his house on it. Remember Mark's venture as a private investigator? Well, believe it or not, he applied a lot of those skills towards business development. So I decided that that's what it needed, and I went and staked out Barton Springs Road and sat down there and counted cars and traffic and, you know, is it better on Saturday? What is it on Monday? Is there anybody out? Based on his sleuthing, Mark decides to lease a building on Barton Springs Road. My shop now is 2,000 square feet. Uh, we are about a quarter mile from the pool and uh, 150 meters from the, um, from the park. And then he buys 120 bicycles. And 20 electric bikes. And 20 electric bikes. And with that, Mark Mitchell becomes the proud owner of Barton Springs Bike Rental. In the very early days, I would uh, get up and I'd get to work at 9 o'clock, open the store, and I'd stay there all day till 9 o'clock at night. And there would be gaps of, of 7, 10 days, two weeks sometimes, where no one would come in the store. Suddenly, Mark's not feeling very good about his gamble. Yeah, the, the first few months were very, very scary because there was so much at stake. He does all kinds of things to try to lure in customers. Everything from the usual. Putting together brochures. Uh, I was ordering signs and we did uh, discounts if you came back a second time. 
to buying an old church bus. 15 passenger bus that I had wrapped like an old Woody. And that's what we would go pick up people with at the hotels. And we did a free shuttle. So that was something nobody else did. We did roadside assistance. Nobody else did that. And this being Austin, he even had his friend who rides a horse around town post up outside the shop. Uh, Gray Horse is just one of the Austin icons that uh, that comes by our shop uh, every once in a while. Um, it uh, uh, There are a lot of colorful characters in this town, and a lot of them hang out down here by Barton Springs. Do you think he draws attention to the shop when he posts up there with the horses? Yeah, I think, uh, I think anything that goes on outside the shop, it's just South Austin funky. So it is not unusual to see gray horse sitting on a horse or a mule outside my store. And when someone did walk in, Mark, who can be a pretty charming guy when he wants to be, stressed customer service to turn them into repeat customers. Yeah, it's 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 not just a bike we're renting. It's more of an experience. You come into our shop and we greet you and we find out where you're from and we talk to you for but a while. But don't take his word for it. Here's some uh, voice actors I hired to read some of Mark's first reviews. They're a great place to rent from. The owner was incredibly friendly. We were completely blown away by how generous Mark and the other staff were. Mark, the owner, and his staff are really nice and helpful. They come pick you up in a cool woody like bus and have you... And with reviews as good as those, business began picking up. And then, yet again, something completely outside of Mark's control happened that had a huge impact on his business. Austin became hip. In the beginning, Austin was not really a destination. Now people come here from all over the world because they've heard about Austin, Texas. As an Austin resident myself, I can vouch for this. It's freaking bonkers how many people come here now. But Mark sees the business opportunity that this tourism boom presents and he adapts his business to take advantage of it. We started doing tours years ago, but we started getting really serious about it, and we offer four tours a day now. And that made a big difference in the business. We did one last uh, last month that was over 200 people. We did it in 50 people at a time. And um, on a busy Saturday, I'd say we, we rent out 200 to 300 bikes. Or another way of saying that is... Mark Mitchell's gamble paid off. What are you most proud of when you look back at a life in business? Probably this shop. The bike shop. Yeah, I would say this shop has been the, the most positive business I've had. You know, sitting in a van all night watching somebody's house is really not a fun job. Showing up at 4 o'clock in the morning to make sure your concrete guys are there, not my favorite. You know, but going in in the daytime and renting somebody a bike or, or getting them out on a tour, that's fun. So, yeah, I would have to say this was probably my favorite business. And none of this would have came about if you hadn't failed in some of them and moved on in others? Yeah. And uh, as far as, you know, places go, this is not a bad one to be. So you could look at Mark's life and see it as a series of totally random leaps. Or, if you look a little closer, you might see that there was a continuous through line all along, of a guy that rolled with the punches, of a businessman willing to adapt. Gotta reinvent yourself sometimes. With business steady and a staff he trusts, 
Mark no longer feels the need to make the drive to the shop every day. Instead, on most days, he settles into his living room next to his dog Shorty with a cup of what he calls mocha, but I call coffee with a lot of Hershey syrup in it. And he works from home, trying to come up with even more ways to improve the business. And when he gets tired of that, he likes to read reviews. Mark is one of the most interesting and accommodating people I've ever met. What a great place. Super huge thanks to Mark Mitchell. And if you happen to visit Austin anytime soon, I highly recommend you rent the bike. Life Cycle of a Business is a podcast from MailChimp, produced in partnership with Missing Pieces. It's hosted by me, Bianca Gaver, and reported by Avery Thompson. The music for this episode was by Billy Haran, Blue Dot Sessions, Broke for Free, Hazad, and Stellwagen Symphonette. Our executive producers are Ari Kushner, Kate Oppenheim, and Brian Latt. And our line producer is Vicki Ilk. The next crane I hired in Houston, I told the guy I needed a crane. I said, what do you need from me? You know, send it over to my office, whatever. He goes, what's your mother's phone number? And I told him, and he said, if you don't pay me, I'm calling your mom. <laughs>